0: Welcome to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Lisa
1: and I'm Alex. If you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends since high school. And after many years of getting drunk together, we decided to experiment with being sober together. You can find out more about our story by going right back to the start of season one. So we started Be Sober
0: with a vision to connect people living a sober lifestyle to help them feel less alone and show them that you can still have fun without alcohol. Be Sober is now the only sober community that has absolutely everything you need in one place. And we believe from the bottom of our hearts that everyone who doesn't want to drink alcohol deserves to feel normal.
1: Hello, Lisa.
0: Good morning, Alex. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Are you back in the land of the living after this last weekend? oh my gosh I am knackered like I am so mentally physically exhausted after the most incredible weekend I've not even been able to put anything on our social media yet because I'm just so overwhelmed by the amount
1: of photographs in my phone. (laughs) I I don't even think it's just the photographs. It was just in a very positive way, a fully overwhelming experience. Like I did a post yesterday and I don't do lots of posting anyway. So I guess for me, (laughs) I'm not having to filter through all the actual crap to do one because you've got loads and loads and loads and loads always lined up, ready to go. But I, I did my post and I was like, what do I say? Like I can't find the words to explain just how incredible it was without it sounding not incredible
0: it's it's it was just indescribable and i've I've tried like and I know so many people went away and tried to tell people what they'd experienced and they got like kind of they didn't really get the feedback that they wanted um because I just think you had to be there you, you had be had there. to be there to experience it but for me just the overall like the the connection and the Like the feelings, do you know, like at one point people just like, it's like, this is what I mean. How do you describe this, right? But there were people drumming and crying with absolute joy, like joy, feelings of joy that lots of us have never experienced sober. Like, so it was a brand new feeling. Like you've had joy, like, but, not like that visceral is that the word visceral
1: like... yeah visceral yeah oh, yeah, it I added a C in it. oh did you oh, you couldn't hear it you shouldn't have said anything you sounded like you knew the word <laughs> <laughs> damn <laughs> no see I get it because yeah. I was you know what I was like with that I just was like I'm not doing the drumming I'm not doing the drumming because I didn't want to dance but As soon as we got drumming, I was so glad I did it. And honestly, so it was my favorite bit about the (laughs) weekend. I know, I knew it would be. This is why I get
0: pissed off when you say I'm not doing that I'm not doing that that's not me that that's all we woo." and I'm like just try it there's a reason people do these things it was amazing and that was the reason your face um Naina our Manchester ambassador's face oh my god I couldn't every time I looked at her this weekend she made me cry was <laughs> joy with just so much happiness and love and like I genuinely freaking loved everybody there. And that's what I mean. You can't describe it without it sounding
1: like some kind of hippie camp or cult cult. type Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we had amazing speakers. Fiona from Love Her Wild did an amazing job. Sue Tickle did an amazing job. William Porter, Dave, Sober Dave. It was just amazing. And honestly, if you're listening to this, any of you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We had the best time. We're so grateful. And... Exciting news. It's going on we're sale g- again, isn't it?
0: Yeah, we're doing it all again. So we've got a South weekend next May. So yep. May 2024. Um, and we've got a North weekend in September 2024. And we're going to both, obviously. Obviously, we're going to both. Oh, my God. But um, yeah, they, they're going to be on sale in the members only group actually first. So they well, get our first members get a discount, don't they? Our members get a little discount if they log in. Yeah, they get a discount and they get first dibs. But you know what? Actually, this weekend sold out. In the one that we've just done sold out in the members only group, if you remember, within like a it week. Did.
1: So it's a good job we've got two. Yeah, we have. We've got two. So we're look, really looking. Mind you, I think everyone who was there this weekend's talking about doing both as well. <laughs> I know. So basically, guys, if you want in, you better become a member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could sell out really, really quickly. Anyway, we're keeping our chat short and sweet this week because we've got a guest again, haven't we?
0: We have got a guest, yeah. We've got a few lined up, haven't we, for this? Um, we have this, now, yeah. This, this, uh, we've decided that we really are pissed off we're talking to each other.
1: <laughs> it's so funny. If you could hear us before a podcast, we'll, like, bicker our heads off and then come on like, morning! <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, tell us about the guests, Lisa. Okay, so we've got Sonia.
0: Sonia is the founder of Everbloom, which provides small group recovery meetings where members are matched into groups based on what they are struggling with. So the goal is for members to find connection through conversation and get meaningful support and feedback from each other. Sonia is an orthodontist. That's so interesting because I'm having a brace, you know. I thought that a minute
1: ago when I saw the bio, I thought, I bet you'll be dying (laughs) to ask her about your teeth. I know know. oh my god Um, anyway she's an orthodontist who built
0: and sold oh no she sold it she sold a successful multi-location practice in 2016 she then got sober in 2017 since then she's become a recovery coach and has dedicated her whole life to making a difference with social impact investing volunteering with the incarcerated formerly incarcerated and victims of sex trafficking and now she hopes to create a biggest impact by leveraging. <laughs> I knew what we were going to do it, <laughs> it anyway. the power of peer support to create community for those on their recovery journey.
1: It's a lot of big words in there, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> when I saw the fire, like, damn, why <laughs> have I got to do that bit? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, without further ado, here she is. Hello, hi. Thank you so much for coming on, Sonia. No, thank you for having me. Happy Victoria Day. Oh, tell us more
2: because... Yeah, tell us (laughs) more. What even is Victoria Day? Why do we not know this? (laughs) Oh, I'm Canadian. I live in the US, but I'm Canadian. And yeah, it's Victoria Day, Queen Victoria's birthday. That is so weird that we don't know that and you do. And that's awful. We have a long weekend in Canada for it. Like last weekend was a long weekend. The fireworks it, and it's like the equivalent of Memorial Day here. So Memorial Day is this weekend and like Canada. Well, no, Queen Victoria, Victoria Day was last weekend.
1: That, how bad is that? See, the Brits, they pretend they're all patriotic, but we actually haven't got a clue. <laughs> I can't believe you guys don't celebrate Victoria Day.
0: No, I don't think we do. Well, we've got a bank holiday this weekend. Is that what it's for?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> that is so bad. Well, anyway, happy Victoria Day. Yeah, happy Victoria Day,
2: Sonia. We can just start it there, where you guys yeah, say We, we might in,
1: Like said it all that bit out. No, I, we won't. No, I think that stays in. I think we just show our ignorance. We usually do. <laughs> <laughs> so... Tell us a little bit about yourself, Sonia. Let's just go straight in. We're already recording. Let's just chum straight in with a
2: bit about yourself. (laughs) So um, I'm Canadian and um, I was born in Canada. My parents are Indian immigrants. Not everyone can see, but I'm Indian. Um, And there is a lot of drinking in my culture. And so the women don't drink, but the men drink heavily and frequently. And so, yeah, I grew up just seeing a lot of low functioning alcoholics like a lot of like physical fights like verbal abuse uh like duis incarceration things like that like as a result of their drinking and so i think probably pretty early on i got the idea that there was like there's a low functioning and then when i started drinking i was like oh and i'm high functioning so i can get away with i'm not peeing with the door open like i'm you know, I can close the door when I'm drunk and I'm peeing. And so I think that's sort of where that idea was born, that if I kind of like hid my drinking and, and everything looked really good from the outside, if I was like able to show up for work and like get good grades in school and I then be like visible scars, then I was doing pretty well. And so I probably started binge drinking, probably similar to everyone, like probably around 14, 15 years old. Um, And then I did that all through university. And it was great because I grew up super anxious. I was probably the only one of the only Indian kids in my school. And I was just I knew I didn't fit in. Um, And so I had just this like terrible anxiety and alcohol just like fixed it like that social anxiety. I could just like fit in.
0: Can I ask you there about when you said the wi- the women didn't drink? Is that all women
2: um, in your culture just didn't drink alcohol? Yeah. So I, from what I saw, you know, it was usually like men were like in a a basement somewhere um, drinking like whiskey, and the women were just upstairs like gossiping and cooking. And so, you know, probably. 10, 20 years later, like, you know, my mom would have like a glass of wine, like that got normalized. Um, But like a heavy drinking Indian woman was like nothing. I like, I'd never seen it. I don't think people had really, it would have been a big deal, I think.
1: Wow. That's quite interesting, isn't it? It, I'll tell you what's interesting about cultural drinking is stereotypically, we don't think it happens. (laughs)
2: Yeah, you know what I mean.
1: Like, if you were to stereotype people, I don't yeah. imagine any of the women in India drinking,
2: but obviously they do. You know, <laughs> like yes, I always think too. Like, I, I have this weird thought sometimes. Like, so if I was born in India, yeah. and I still had these issues that I needed to self-medicate, how would I be doing that? I just yeah. wonder. Like, I would probably be using like a variety of other tools if alcohol wasn't an option option um but I don't like and so medication isn't really an option like yeah. that's stigmatized too in the culture so yeah I always I wonder what I would have been self-medicating with
0: you talked before then about being quite high functioning can you tell us a little bit about what what did that look like
2: to you what what was the drinking Sonia like yeah I mean so for a, a good while, like at least a couple of decades, it was just like binge drinking when I didn't have exams. And so I I was really good. I would like stay, you know, pretty sober for like a couple of weeks. And then I would just like, go off the rails um, for a couple of days. And interestingly, too, I think the combination of like finishing like a big set of exams and being hungover was like by the end of the weekend, it was very depressing. I'd be really depressed. Yeah. And like, and so that went on um, for a while. And then when I started working full time, I started a business and, you know, the sort of wine culture kind of found its way into my mind. And I was like, I can drink every day. And it's kind of like acceptable. And so, yeah, I drank every day. I always, I tell people like, whenever they can go like a week or two or they're like, Oh, I went three weeks without drinking. I'm like, I never went a day in like 10 years, not a day. So if you can go a week to me, I'm like, you can go a year.
0: And how much would
2: you drink on that day? Would you say? Probably about a bottle of wine. Right. And a pro and like, depending on the day that was enough to black out and um, so maybe half the time I would black out, and then um, it was it was enough to like every day have a, a hangover.
0: Oh, it's just <laughs> awful, isn't it? Thinking about that time wow. in your life of just feeling like I oh. cannot imagine that anymore. Like getting
2: up and feeling hungover every single day. Oh, I know. Even like so today, it's five thirty in the morning here, and I'm like feeling good it. Yes, <laughs> that's amazing. I thought that's and I thought because it's
1: like 11 o'clock here and I'm not feeling that yet. <laughs> I want to say I want to say looking good as well, by the way, not Thank just you. feeling good. It's like, you know, outside showing as well. So I don't know what time you got up, but I definitely wouldn't look like you look now if I just
2: got up. <laughs> no, but I, I, it's so funny. It's been six years and I still it's like magic. Waking isn't up it, without yeah. a hangover, I still like. I swear, I feel it. Like this morning, I felt it. I was like, yeah, like I'm going to get a tea, not because I need it, but because I feel like having a tea. Like, yeah,
0: it's so good, Nick. So good. So, what was the moment then that you I was decided? Just going to ask the same. What was that like? Yeah. In the lead up. Yeah, yeah. That's enough. What kind of brought
2: you to that decision? Yeah, I think that. Um. So I was, as I was working more. I wasn't really taking a break to figure out like what was going on with me. I just knew that I was, you know, coming home completely stressed after working 14, 16 hours a day, and I needed to fall asleep. And that worked, drinking worked. And then, um, and it was also working to self medicate like anxiety. And so I, I knew in the back of my mind that I didn't have the tools to figure that out without alcohol. And I didn't think I had the time to figure it out and so um it just my mental health started spiraling out of control and so i was getting really really like deeply depressed and um and still drinking and i thought it got to the point where i thought okay i think i need some sort of like medical intervention for my depression and so i did i sought some help and I think just over time, this is interesting. I was still drinking, but I was starting to feel better. And I thought, I can't live like this anymore. And so, I mean, I had known probably for maybe six, seven years, I had a problem. And so it was in the back of my head. And then, um, yeah, I think it was just like one too many hangovers. And so I had been thinking about it like seriously for a few months. I still couldn't go a day without drinking. And I think I tried... A day, like two weeks before I quit. I tried a Sunday night and like white knuckled it through and was like, Okay, okay, that was one day. And I was like, definitely can't do that again. And so um, a couple weeks later, I just had gone out on a Saturday night and drank way too much, didn't remember what happened, like woke up with a bruise on my leg. Um, and I was out to brunch with a girlfriend of mine who was pregnant and Waiter came by was like, you know, can I bring you a mimosa? And I was like, No, no, you cannot. And I think I had never said no ever to a drink. And um I just, it's so it's weird. It's like in that moment, I saw the next week of my life. Like in that moment, I thought, if I have a mimosa, now I'll feel better. But now I have to keep drinking. At least until like, until dinner, I have to keep steadily drinking a little bit. And then I can really go. You know, once dinner hits, I'll open a bottle of wine and and then I said, and then tomorrow I'll have like a hangover, like a, the hangover of all hangovers, like a multi-day compound hangover. And I just was like, I I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I don't know if I thought that day I was going to quit forever. Um, that's a really tough decision. Yeah. I think. Um, but I knew that that I had to try, and so I just didn't drink that night and that was it shockingly that was the last time I drank and that was six years ago wow that's incredible
1: I think so that's what very much look- like us isn't it Lisa that we you know once we'd made that decision like to, to the outside world it looks like you've just stopped but that
2: decision has been yes. coming for a heck it's of a long time up. you know what's funny that I get um I don't want to swear I get like you can oh, swear. Fine. You can oh, swear. like I get shit it's from like we encouraged people, like, it then we're like yeah do it, <laughs> do it. Do I'm it. So sorry.
1: <laughs>
2: we've already done it on the intro we've already had a swear so it's fine <laughs> but yeah like I get shit from people um they're like what do you mean you just quit one day I'm like no no it wasn't like I quit one day um and they're like well what do you mean like what did you do and I'm like no, like it sucked. I'm not trying to say it was easy. I'm saying it was yeah. horrifying for a couple of months. Um, but I luckily didn't have like severe physical symptoms. Like I was definitely yeah. jittery, I was jittery and uncomfortable and kind of like, you know, making weird movements to try to like shake off the anxiety, but yeah, you're right. It comes after it's, yeah, it's not one day. It's i've been surrounded by alcoholics my whole life i knew i came from a long line of alcoholics like there was so much that went into it we'll get back to our chat shortly but first let us tell you about some of the things that we offer
0: at be sober
1: we don't want to bombard you with everything we do because there's absolutely loads so this week we're going to let you into a little bit of a secret so
0: the sober spring offer has done so well that we've decided to extend it for another four weeks we love spring and it's time for new beginnings and what better way to mark the occasion by becoming a member of be sober so come along join us for friendship support and a community that focuses on well-being and fun without the booze
1: in sober spring we've scrapped the joining fee so you can become a member of be sober for just 14.99 be quick I know we've said it before, but this is a limited offer extended for four more weeks. It also includes our free
0: gifts of sober experiment. So, what was that first week like then no. when you'd when you'd made that decision? I know I'm sorry I'm taking you out of that, but I'm just so <laughs> It was
2: it was horrible. I mean, I think it was like amazing and horrible at the same time. Like I I don't know about you guys, but like for you know, I hadn't developed as an adult in terms of like hobbies, or even in terms of like emotional growth, like all tough conversations I had while I was drunk, all like, it was my hobby. And so I all of a sudden was like, what are we gonna do with all this time? Like, and so I do say it feels like like you feel every twenty four hours of that day, you feel it. You're like, there's twenty four hours in a day. <laughs> they are long I hours really as well that at the beginning. beginning. <laughs> it's like, whoa! Like I can't believe there's so much time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I just did everything. I like, I have a collection of wreaths I made during that first like month like sitting in the closet like I made so many reads I you know what like, Sonia
0: I love that because I don't I don't think you're on your own with that my um <laughs> my mom stopped drinking and one of the things she did is something called pinning and it's like a, you pin little sequins onto a picture Oh my god, she had so many of them. We were getting them for
2: birthdays, Christmas. You just found all this time. I've heard of that. I was in a meeting uh, two days ago and someone gave advice to another person to get order one of these off of Amazon and put the little sequins on. (laughs) I was like, what is that? Wasn't your
1: first event when before we were be sober a wreath making workshop as well, Lisa? It, well, no, it was the flower crown one, flower crown. but very, yeah, very, very similar.
2: <laughs> I did so much weird stuff. I like was doing like wood burning. I was like, because so I burned like every piece of wood, like any coaster I could find in the house. It was like burning. I was like knitting cozies for everything. Do not time. recommend this at home. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I think there's something about making something and like making it with your hands that is like so satisfying that I do like recommend it like I think even now like if I go through a really tough time like I don't know if you can see like I, I will like macrame something like I will do something if I'm, I like- love that I have spotted that actually and I was I was <laughs> going to ask about that list. <laughs> yeah like good. all like I during like my breakup last year like I went out to the yard and found a giant stick and I sanded it and I stained it and I made this huge macro wall hanging out of it. it was crazy.
1: That's incredible. I love it. it. The things I, I, that we do. I like what you were saying about hobbies and not knowing yourself because you know what, Lisa and I can both massively relate to that. And you know, previously on one of our podcasts, Lisa has even said whenever it was whenever she was asked what her hobbies and interests were, she would say socializing with my family and friends, but what she actually meant was getting pissed. Yeah. So, and and so we've both said that kind of thing, and it's so strange. I I will be four years sober next week, and it's taken me that time. To actually find what it is I want to do. And what I found is that I'm just the same person I was when I was
2: 11, actually. (laughs) And I ask people too like, so what did you like to do when you were a kid? Like when they're trying to figure out hobbies or what is it you always sort of had an interest in and never did? Yeah, isn't that interesting that you are sort of like, yeah, I read a lot. I used to read when I was a kid. Like, yeah, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, exactly that. So, yeah. Were you going to say something as well, Lisa, or have I just sort of stolen your line again? <laughs> she does that a lot, Sonia. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, no, you haven't. You may go. <laughs> so, okay, so you, you've gone sober. You've it, It's brought you to this point. Tell us a little bit about what you actually do now with that, because I think this is this bit I love. I love all what we've read in your bio. Lisa's already read out your bio, so we've kind of had the highlights oh. of what
2: you do. But, you yeah. Know, what is it? Uh, so, yeah, around like the fifth year of sobriety, I was like loving it. I was living life. I was like volunteering. I was like writing about sobriety. I was like making images. I was just like, "This is. I got this." And um, and then my husband, after eighteen years, woke up woke up one morning and left. And it does happen. Like it happened. Like it was there. I had no like, I had no warning. Like we slept in the same bed the night before we had dinner we walked our dogs like no warning and so I was all of a sudden I remember thinking like I don't have the tools for this I don't have the tools to stay sober through this this isn't what I would been preparing for like I was prepared for anything I could have handled I think you know the death of a parent I could have handled death of a dog I could have handled like a zombie apocalypse but I yeah. could not handle this pain. Um, because there was nothing to do. I couldn't like, I couldn't journal my way out of it. I couldn't meditate my way out of it. And I just, I just was like, I went very much towards like, I'll just stay sober for one more day. And I started going to meetings and, um, I went to these non 12 step meetings and they were great. Like there are about 200 ish people on a zoom. And I went to the 8am morning for a couple of months and it worked because I didn't want to talk because I was so uncomfortable and so upset. And and also I find like at meetings, it's a lot of people that are in the first like 90 days or 30 days. And I really think they should get priority to speak. They're going through something that is so, so unique and so tough. And so I was like, you know, I remember my head thinking like, this asshole's is still going to be gone in six months. Like these people are not maybe going to be sober in six months. And so I don't want to get up there and whine about my husband. And so um, I thought, okay, so this is not the right format for me, but my sobriety is still like a question mark at this point. And so what do I do? And I have amazing family. I have sister-in-laws, I have nieces and, and I, but I also, they're not sober, right? They don't actually drink, but they're not sober. And so they didn't really yeah, understand yeah. it. Like, and also for them, like, I couldn't imagine on top of me being a complete disaster throwing on them. And by the way, I might start drinking again. Like, mm. I couldn't even imagine, like they were already like doing so much for me and trying to like, you know, give me as much support. And I was like, and then I'm going to be like, you yeah, know, by the way, I, I thought about getting a bottle of wine on the way home, you know? And so... Um, yeah, so I just thought, like, what do I need? Like, what is it? Like, what type of support? Like, what could help here? I tried all the things and they were working, like the journaling did start to work. And like the eating properly did start to work. And when I finally started sleeping better, it started to work. But I still wasn't able to talk about like, and you guys know, I couldn't talk about that feeling in my chest that like I only know how to get rid of with alcohol it
0: sounds like such a lonely time as well Sonia like you've kind of done the things haven't you like even going to the group and I really massively relate to what you're saying here actually um but like going and you're letting the other people do it and then the journaling but that at the moment, you're really on your own with this, even though you've got yeah. that lovely supportive family, is yeah. that thing stopping you from saying, "Well, actually, I feel like I could have a drink
2: now." yes. and i and I thought about it and thought, what is it? What is it you want to hear because you are like one of the luckiest people. Like even though this has happened, like you're so lucky yeah. you have people. And I thought, I think I just want to hear that someone else has been through something really. Like life altering and has come out okay without drinking. I think I, think I just want to talk yeah. to people that either are going through it or that have been through it. And so I thought, like, I looked around for like a small group and I thought, are there people that like kind of like have gone through a life transition? Even people who are like empty nesting, like, that's a big transition. Yeah. People are just trying to rebuild their life without alcohol. And so I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh. I oh, don't know, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. So I kept looking and I was like, I can't find yeah. it. And I'm like, well, what if I just start like sketching out the idea of Everbloom? And so the idea that people are in small groups. And I think that I think a lot of people also in sobriety, um, probably not you two, but find that they're much more introverted than they had been. Oh, we both, we both <laughs>
1: did find that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we yeah, still have, we still yeah. kind of- you know, we've got to be more outgoing
2: because of the podcast. But yeah, both of us. Yeah. Like this is my natural state was not that person that was like, yeah, said things like, you know, without thinking and like was just, yeah. And so I don't know if everyone like that is interested in, you know, doing sort of like a monologue in front of 200 people. And I also down. Like, I wanted a conversation, I didn't want to just uh, like pop up in a zoom screen and be like, This is what happened, I feel like drinking, and then next, right? Like, onto yeah, the yeah, you want to
0: actually be connecting with somebody that gets it, yes. that
2: understands, yes, and not and it's like not therapy because I was doing therapy, right? And it was like, No, just like regular kind of conversation. Um, and honestly, like, and so, so I did, I, I, I like started playing around with it and i started getting a little more serious mapping it out i was like let me like let me incorporate it let me incorporate a company let me like find someone to do a logo and so very slowly while i was sort of like still healing like it's still really rough shape i i just sort of slowly started working on it and then um by our Thanksgiving, which is like November, I was like, let me try to take signups. So I don't have it, but let's see if people are interested in it. And I got tons of signups. And I was like, okay. And then in January, I just launched it. And so basically, we do small group meetings, um, where the focus is really on conversation and connecting and basic leveraging peer support and so even though i'm there as like a recovery coach and you know i do try to keep things like from going off the rails so i find sometimes conversations can go off the rails a little bit um and i'm like no no no, let's stop stop talking about how much xanax you took let's just like yeah talk about some natural tools let's talk about some tools um and so that's really what i do is sort of like i'm like the guardrails for the conversation um and yeah and it's been a amazing it's been i don't know i get so much out of the meetings even though i'm not technically a member i just get like so much just so much information the things that people like the same thing like the hobbies that people someone told me i was like yeah i've been kind of anxious like what should i do this weekend they're like did you try gardening and i was like no i should i have i have property why don't I try gardening it? And I did. I did last weekend. I was like, thank you for that suggestion. <laughs> um, and just that. And like, they yeah, they help people who are going through a divorce, can help each other. And it's just amazing. It's just been like, yeah, it's just been like everything I could have hoped. And yeah, that's sort of it.
1: Did you end um, that, happen- Yeah, Sorry, I was just going to say, it, was very, it sounds very similar to be sober in many many ways i mean you use the terminology recovery we don't but other than that it's still about connection and i don't know if you happen to see it and if you didn't go and have a little look at some point on our instagram but we actually had a weekend away weekend just gone um with just about 60
2: of our community it was incredible it was incredible yeah somebody yeah, somebody suggested I do. Like, I got contacted by someone like, "Oh, do you want to hold a retreat here?" And I was like, "Not yet." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you,
0: the t- the right the right time will come. And although it does, it is very similar the community side of it. It's also very different. Yeah. And I I actually love what you're doing there. For me personally, that absolutely sounds like something that I would would benefit from. You know, especially. Um, I suppose as running a community myself, and this is where I'm going to ask you about that, but you find, you often find that you've created this amazing space for everybody and helping people. And I'm very open in saying this, that very selfishly from when Be Sober started, I have loved helping people and helping people has helped me in my journey. Yes. But like, what, what else do you do for you to kind of help you? Or is, is that the community?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I do get a lot out of the community. Like I think, and like going like running the meetings like there will get to be a point where I feel like I'm part of the meeting and so I get a lot out of that I get I know I get a lot out of talking to people like you guys right like and so whenever I get to talk to like other people that like run communities I just feel like oh okay like I can I don't know it feels like a meeting like I feel like we just had a meeting
0: today and so oh my god you know what I can't help this right but now in my mind I 100% want to create a space for people that run communities like oh Lisa Lisa, get a community for people who run community yeah I think it'd be really
2: important I'm honestly I think I'm gonna do it like because I swear like it's it's important it's like um so the other day like who else can I talk to about this the other day someone that I'd been working with like who's been part of a group for the last couple of months showed up drunk to a meeting and yeah. I want someone to talk to about it like I, yeah. what I you know and I want to ask you guys I want to be like well, what would you do what do you guys it's so true that? and so needed because you can't talk to your doing it.
1: about it yeah uh, I think we'll have one soon you can come to us Sonia Yeah, Yeah, honestly, I think I
0: will, even if it's like, I don't know, maybe once a month or something like that, where Mm. everybody could yeah a Zoom and we could all catch up and and talk through things. I think that would be a really good idea because while I was listening to your story, I couldn't help but think, but what do you do? How how are you all right? Like, how do you do? Like, Alex and I are really lucky that we have each other to kind of talk things over, and if something happens, with each other, usually we say like, "just pull yourself together." So maybe we shouldn't be there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it, yeah, might, but you don't make want to show... such difference. And only with each other, we'd say that, wouldn't we? Like, if somebody else in the in the community came to us and said, "I'm having difficulty with," we're pretty good listeners, both of us. So,
2: yeah, yeah, no, I like yeah, that idea. No, I, I like the idea. I have probably like a dozen people that we could. Uh... Yeah, because I do every time, especially, and even now, like, I'm only like, you know, I'm not even a year into it. And I have questions for people, like, how do you handle this? Like, how do you, what do you say when people say this? Like, I think for me, like, you know, I'm sober, sober, right? Like, I'm the real deal, like alcoholic, can't drink, don't believe I can drink again. And so it's also like, there are some nuances to helping gray area drinkers that, Sometimes I would like to like bounce the ideas off of people like, like having people having to sit down and come up with a drinking plan for somebody who wants to moderate is not something that's totally natural for me. And so yeah, it would be great to have somebody to bounce ideas off of.
1: let's have a conversation about that after this Let's, uh, let's oh gosh oh I do worry you know I do worry when new ideas are born like this because I can fully see Lisa she'll have a date by the end of today you need to see this Sonia before we kind of wrap up we always want to know from our guests like you know have we given you an opportunity to share everything like you know do you want to tell us your links do you want to tell people where they can find you anything else you want to add before we kind of say goodbye no, I feel like we, we talked about it a lot. I
2: feel like yeah, I feel like we just came out of a meeting and I got a lot off my chest. And yeah, if anyone wants they can check out a meeting for free before they join at um com. and you know, it's not for everyone. Not everyone wants that sort of active style of meeting. Not some people do want to just like listen to it like more like a podcast, right? Like they don't want to have to share and you know be vulnerable it's just not their thing and so i think it's worth it to to check it out and see if it fits
1: we'll pop your website link and your instagram link into the show notes along with uh, information about you so last question sonia okay you ready for this one we ask this to all our guests yeah our motto is be brave be kind be sober which one do you most relate to right now and
2: why I think I've been like talking about a lot of quotes about bravery and how, and I've been like calling my ladies like warriors. And I think that people don't realize, especially people around the people that are trying to get sober or like moderate their drinking, like how brave it is, like how, how scary it is to like try to throw away your only coping mechanism. It is one of the scariest things you can do. And so, yeah, I think it's, a, it's an act of bravery.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it sounds like, a, sounds like the perfect fit for you. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on. It's been absolutely lovely. Don't disappear because I think Lisa and I would like to talk community with you more. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. It's been amazing. And please you guys.
0: head over so to um, we're going to put the links in the description of the podcast so everybody can find you as well. I just think it's such a wonderful idea. Um, and you know what I love most about it is that you've sat there and found like you've needed something. It's not been there you've gone out and you've created it. And that's that's a brave decision. So I think brave definitely does suit you well. The world needs more warriors just like you, Sonia. And I'm so grateful to have met you. And we're definitely going to have a conversation in a minute. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, guys. This is so fun. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Don't forget to follow us or subscribe. And of course,
1: share it with your friends to help spread the Be So Over love. And if you want to find out more about the work we do, or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more on our website, besoberofficial.com. So until next time, be brave,
0: be kind,
1: and, and be
0: sober!